Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Writer's Life Mini Podcast. I'm your host, Charvella Campbell. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tiffany Shreen. She's a professor at Manhattan Community College and the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, as well as a columnist for AMA Marketing. And today we'll be discussing how writers, bloggers, and entrepreneurs can market themselves and connect with their audience or clients. Tiffany, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we're discussing this topic today because there's so many professionals out there. You know, we're we're good at what we do, whether it's writing, podcasting, blogging, running a business. However, I think it's hard sometimes to know just where to start when it comes to marketing and branding. Do you find that? I do, actually. Um, I think that a lot of the times that we overthink because we're just excited, like, oh, this is something that I'm passionate about, and this is something that the the world would love, this is something that I would love, but it's the positioning of how to get that message or get that product or get that brand out there so that people can be just as passionate as you are or find your audience that is just as passionate about it as you are. And you've published several articles. I've enjoyed reading them, and there's one in particular five lessons in brand effectiveness. So what are these key areas that we should consider? Um, The first area, which is extremely important uh, that I talk about, is knowing your audience. Uh, Making sure that you are keeping in mind the things that they like to do. And this is probably my favorite example of knowing your audience. And it's also kind of ties into a little bit of content, which we'll talk about later. But my favorite example of knowing your audience is that People like to be recognized. People like to be acknowledged. People like to, you know, be called out and saying, hey, we know you, we see you. And it's kind of, you know, especially if it's like a big brand, it's like number one in the world, it definitely makes you feel, you know, good about yourself. Like, oh, you're paying me attention. Mm -hmm. And the one example that I give in the uh, the article is about Coca-Cola, which is the share a Coke campaign when they put first names on the front of their bottles the world went crazy. I don't even drink Coke. And I went to go find a Coke that had <laughs> Tiffany on the front of it because I was like, I want to get, I think I probably still had that somewhere like in the freezer, but it's something that it was a, a brand that said, we know our audience, our audience, they, they like to be acknowledged. They've supported us for this long. Let's do something that shows a thank you to them. Um, and that was something that I definitely said worked well for that specific brand. So <clears throat> knowing your audience, knowing what that core target demographic is, is something that I think will begin to lay a foundation on uh, affecting your brand or impacting your brand in a very positive way. Uh, The second thing uh, the article touches on um, is content and essentially just making sure that you're grabbing your audience with literally the words that you say. Uh, You're not talking over their head. You're not using words they don't get or words that they won't understand, but you're using words that target exactly them. Um, I guess if I could use a example here would be, I don't know if a lot of uh, the listeners are familiar with Grubhub, Seamless, Uber Eats, like places like that. Uh, one uh, article or one ad that I saw was with Grubhub, where in New York City, they would do train takeovers with the advertisements, they, advertisements that they would put in. And then those train takeovers, they would call out the type of orders that they would get, not the names of the people, but the type of orders that they would get. So they were like, 
this area of New York City obviously doesn't know that they're not Little Italy, but they're New York City because of the amount of pizzas that they order. You know, so our one area of New York City that doesn't really sleep is this area because of the amount of orders between 2 and 5 a.m. So it's something that, you know, it's kind of like grabbing the reader's attention. And it's like, wow, this I definitely ordered a pizza in this area, you know. It's like they really broke it down, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, So that is one um, area that I think works. Um, Adding color to the story, which is essentially just people are visual. You know, I can't draw, but I have a friend of mine who's really good at drawing, really good at taking pictures, really good at taking photographs. Sometimes things look good in black and white. Sometimes things look good in color. It's just a matter of just grabbing your audience with the visual art or visual image that they would be able to appreciate. Um, Making sure that your product is worth it. Um, when you get hung up in marketing and when you get hung up in advertising, sometimes maybe you forget to actually take a look at your product and see if it is, you know, on par with what it should be. This is where you can take a look at your competitors and ensure that, you know, your product is a strong competitor against what else is out there. If there are opportunities for your product to grow and be better. What are those opportunities? What do you see that your competitors are doing that you can, you know, do better? So those are one of the things that you want to consider or some questions that you want to ask yourself during that phase. And I think the final phase, which is one of my favorites, is to be authentic, be consistent. Uh, make sure that, you know, you're not caught up in what I like to call the Millie Vanilli scandal where people find out, you know, that <laughs> You, your, your, your image is one thing, but what you're doing is something different. But make sure that you stay consistent with your messaging, stay consistent with your product. If it's not consistent, alert your, your customers or your audience as to what you're changing because you're educating them at the same time. And in that education, they will appreciate that and they'll say, wow, I never considered that. And I'm actually great, glad to see this update or glad to see this upgrade and will now become more loyal customers, and which is what you want. And it's interesting you mentioned that with being consistent. I think sometimes once people get to know us, in a sense, they expect certain things from us. Exactly. You know, whether, it's, whether it's a product or a service, they kind of know who we are and what we've provided before. So it's like, oop, no surprises here. It, it, right. We, we don't want to scare them away, you know. Exactly. And, you know, each year that I teach or each semester that I teach uh, my students in marketing specifically, I start with the example. I always tell them to tell me about dating. When you date someone, what's the first thing you do? You see them out, you know, and you're like, oh, you look interesting. Okay, now you have to go through the phase of finding out what they like, what they dislike. You want to impress them. Literally, marking is, I associate that with dating so much because essentially you are courting your customers and you want to keep them interested. You want to keep them intrigued. That's a great concept. I, I never even looked at it like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, it's important to um, just thinking overall that, that overall connection, what do they want from us and exactly. what are we providing to them? What will keep them coming? And it, it, it takes a lot of effort to really delve into that. And, and just exactly. pay attention to people in that sense, not just selling a product or not just uh, providing content just to be posting it on a website, but to really think about what we're saying, what we're doing, how is it going to be valuable, and how will it keep people connected to us? I think that's important. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes. So another area I wanted to talk about, uh, we've been talking about the branding and the marketing. Um one of the things that I ran into as far as when I 
started hosting my book events and uh, workshops and things, what are some effective low cost ways for a person to market themselves or promote themselves? Maybe a writer wants to launch more book events, but just may not have, or may have limited funds or maybe a business is looking to expand on a product or a service. And I think we, we, we always come up with these bright ideas and we, we just, we generate ideas. The creativity never stops, but I think a lot of times a lot of that comes to a halt when maybe the money is just not there. We just don't know how to pull in those resources that we need. Exactly. Um, it's so interesting uh, you, bring, you bring this up. I read an article probably last Sunday this time. It's kind of when I catch up on Sundays or days, I kind of catch up on everything that's going on in the industry because I'm always, you know, running uh, between the other days. And I was reading an article, I think it was on Business Insider, and they were talking about the increase in the cosmetics industry, uh, just the amount of companies, amount of brands, the amount of people that are now uh, starting their own makeup line. So whether it be skincare, you know, cleansing, whether it be eyeshadow, lipstick, whatever the case may be. And so many people that they touched on were influencers before they began that. So uh, I think the one thing uh, they talked about was people who started off as influencers. So in other words, they had a big social media following. So what they did was just kind of like tweaked what their original platform was and said, you know what, if people are is already paying attention, I can use this same platform to enlighten my uh, audience on this new brand that I'm coming out with or enlighten my audience on what I'm doing here, so on and so forth. Um, if you're an influencer, that works for you. You already have people there. They're already aware of you. They already know that you're there. So what you're doing is you're saying, now I'm going to turn my audience on to something else. If you're not an influencer, and I say that that's, you know, not everyday people, but, you know, not everyday people are influencers. So you want to say, well, I need to grow my audience to the size of an influencer. How do I do that? I always say flip the narrative around. A lot of influencers, especially in the cosmetics industry, who aren't already celebrities of some sort, they had makeup videos and tutorials that got them started. People would follow those videos, and they would say, wow, I never thought about doing my eye makeup that way, or I never thought about applying this to my blush, or I never thought about doing this or that. Do tutorials or make or, or you know, some sort of webinars on what it is that your product is. So if you are an author, if you do write several books, or if you do write articles about things, do webinars and talk about that. Have people come on and um, talk about their portion of what they can add. What you're doing, Charvella, is great. Have a podcast around certain things. Because what you're doing is you're saying, people are aware that I'm an author. People are aware that I have this product, but how can I best show them this is how you can apply this to everyday life, which is what you want to do to grab your audience attention or to grab awareness. You want to show them how they can take the best practices or the things that your product do, and you want to show them how they can apply that to things that they are doing every day. Um, so anything surrounding that, Web presence is huge, of course. Um, I always say a website can be a little bit expensive if you're not doing it yourself. Um, but you want to, you know, as I mentioned earlier, put your best you know, foot out there. You want to make sure that your product is best. So you want to make sure that your website looks good, too. Before starting your website, get a following by starting Twitter. Get a following by going on LinkedIn. Get a following by going on Instagram. Take advantage of social media because it's there. The platform is already set up. The only thing you have to do is just get on there and just start. 
to start talking, start writing, start sharing the things that you have because you're going to find a community of people that either A, need it, or B, doing the same things that you are, and that community of people will invite you to join to speak at a conference that they're putting on or invite you to come to some sort of seminar or webinar or a podcast or something and get your name further out there. So those are the things that you have to kind of look at and take advantage of. I always say a a hashtag analysis, which is one of my favorite things to do as a marketer, but essentially you find people through those hashtags and you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is kind of put in hashtag beauty, hashtag books, hashtag authors, and then Pandora's box opens of opportunities that you have. And you mentioned with the podcasting, um, I launched mine back in February and I had Mm -hmm. contemplated whether or not I had the time to do one or if I wanted to do one. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always been a writer. That's always been my background, but I I just kind of felt like I needed to do more as far as reaching my audience. That was my initial goal to reach an audience, build a platform, provide good content, of course, that would help people and connect with them. But I, I, I've been reading a few articles online, and there's, as we had spoke earlier, um, there's a wide array of podcasters out there, so many different topics they cover. There's so many hosting sites uh, for mm-hmm. podcasting, so it seems to be very popular but I think one of the things is people don't always know how to turn a profit from their podcast. So let's say mm. six months from now, a year from now, I want to do that. What are some practical ways that a podcaster can monetize? Got it. Um, one way that I would, I've suggested before is sponsorship. And that kind of ties into um, the guests that you select as well. Essentially, a podcast, for the most part, centers around one specific topic or one specific area. So whether it be business, whether it be entrepreneurship, whether it be, you know, packaged goods industry, whether it be, you know, a religious podcast, whatever the case may be, it centers around a specific topic. You naturally gain audience or followers off of that audience, off off of the topic that you speak about because of what they're intrigued by. The more people that you begin to interview that show a high knowledge base within that specific topic, the more you can now position your product to go to a, a, a business that has a big following here, and maybe they're not running traditional advertisements, I say, on TV or in print magazines because mm-hmm. visibility, especially in print, is a little bit down because a lot of those people are going to those online websites. So instead of going to InStyle, they're moving a lot of their impressions, what we call in advertising, which is the number of eyes that are watching or looking, they're moving those impressions into InStyle.com. The, the readership hasn't changed for the magazine. It's just changed for the platform that the magazine is running into it. They're not running a lot in print. They're running more in digital space. That being said, you may say, you know, if I'm, you know, a natural foods maker and I want to have a podcast that is a topic around natural foods and how people can begin to eat healthier and so on and so forth, you may say, hey, 
you a chocolate bar or hey, you beverage. I see that you have some advertisements here, but would you want to consider running a couple of advertisements or even sponsoring a couple of my podcast shows because I focus primarily on this, 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 and this. Have your media kit ready and say these are the number of people that we interview once a, once a year. These are the topics that we cover. These people have, you know, a following here, 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 and here. We think that if you uh, have a relationship with us or sponsor one of our programs, you will definitely see uh, more sales within your products, so on and so forth. You can't make those promises, but you want to make sure that, you know, you give them something to say, this is what I, how I can benefit, but this is how you can benefit as well. That's a one key way, I would say, to really start. Um, if you are doing, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, if you are a business-driven podcast, um, doing coaching is one uh, way that I could would, uh, suggest. You want to say, okay, let me grab my subscribers first. Let me grab my readers first um, and, you know, offer lessons through there. But then once you see that you your numbers are increasing, you begin to see that people are logging in more, listening more, maybe your social media profiles are growing more because people are beginning to maybe respond to things on social media that they heard on something you said on the podcast, you be, you can begin to say, okay, I'm growing my following now. People obviously come to hear what I say. They obviously believe that, you know, I'm, you know, mastered or skilled in this area. Let me now begin to, you know, charge a little bit so that for certain podcasts, you may have to pay to join this, but I may leave this amount of my podcast free and open for the public. Those are interesting, but, you know, key ways to kind of take it and monetize what you're doing. And I think it just one of the things, too, is you touched on this earlier, are we worth it? Mm -hmm. That's something that's really important because sometimes we may hold back thinking, well, nobody's going to pay me for this. And that can be a problem. You have to really believe in what you're, what you're doing because otherwise, you know, for me, podcasting or whether it's a writer or business, you, if you don't think that your product or your service is worth it, then you probably won't convey what you're doing. You won't convey it as well. And then of course, you know, that self doubt will kick in and you just won't end up doing what you need to do to, to get yourself out there. And of course people will go away. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and one more thing that I say businesses everywhere, large and small, take advantage of. I'm a huge data geek. So data is one place that I always say <laughs> that businesses take advantage of. You have so much information that you can use and turn a profit on. Why are you not using this information? But uh, data is also, in the, in the grand scheme of things, a source of content. The amount of content that you're getting from podcasts is invaluable. You can take that content, spin it around, turn it into a book turn it into some type of like virtual conference or summit. Those are things that you can, you have to take what you have in front of you, which is a vast amount of information. Essentially, as a podcaster, because you are interviewing people, you have all this, I call it first party data, because it's data that you're getting just from asking the questions that you're asking, and you're getting those responses. You have this vast amount of first party data that you can take and monetize by having books having conferences, having some type of virtual, I don't know, webinar, whatever the case may be, there's so much that you can take uh, with the amount of content that you have. So that's probably a final way, just off the top of my head that I'm thinking about, that you could definitely take. And that ties back, as you said earlier, 
looking and knowing your worth. And that's something that I think that once you begin to see that, you begin to see the the value, the fruits of that labor begin to come in. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. You've provided some great advice for us all to apply. And thank you, everybody, for joining me. Um, it's everyone. You can learn more by following Tiffany on Twitter and Instagram at Tiffany Shreen. That's S-C-H-R-E-A-N-E. She's also on LinkedIn.com as well. And until next time, take care. Thank you once again, Tiffany, and I appreciate all of you. Take care.